Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. It is great to be back here with you from London, looking pretty much as dull and grey and cold and wet as it ever has. I think I, I recorded a couple of episodes last summer where I was sort of uh, sitting here in on, on the, the second floor where I am, which is two stories up for those my American friends. Second floor, so like not up, like up two flights of stairs. I've got a nice view over North London, and I remember recording an episode back in the summer where it was a beautiful day, and I was just happy to be alive. Today is the exact opposite of that in every single sense. And yet, here I am recording a podcast for you because I like it that much. Anyway, let's crack on. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, the wonderful italki. Now, what do I have to say about italki? It's really, it's hard. It's really hard to think of something new to say every single episode. And so inevitably, I end up repeating myself. But italki is a, like a marketplace for teachers. Not where you buy and sell teachers because that would be illegal. Rather, you hire them for speaking practice or for, for lessons or uh, sometimes I hire italki teachers to like do some transcription for me or something not sure if I'm supposed to do that but anyway I, I do because they're also it's there's so many great teachers on there and if you'd like to get a free lesson so you can start speaking then go to iwillteachyouralanguage.com forward slash free lesson okay now today we have a second time questioner which is always nice so here he is Hi, Ollie. It's Inish from Scotland. I previously asked you a question about German, specifically FSI. I have continued to try and learn German over these past few years since I asked the question, and I'm not as far on as I'd want to be because my learning has been quite sporadic, partly due to having other professional exams to deal with and the general highs and lows of life. I could make all sorts of excuses. Recently, I went on holiday to Berlin with my wife and had a great time. And the German I did have was really useful. And it was quite helpful because I was able to converse with people in restaurants and in the hotel. And it gave me a great boost. My question to you is, have you ever had these kind of experiences where you use your language on holiday and then come back feeling quite enriched and motivated? What do you think is the best way to consolidate this motivation and get the most out of this kind of experience after you've come back to the UK or back to wherever you live. Are there any tips and tricks we can use to get the most out of this? Or should we just be spurred on? Any advice you have would be fantastic. And keep up the great work in this wonderful podcast. Thank you. Ines, it is wonderful to have you back. Thank you very much for your, your question. And uh, you, I looked this up actually, and your question was indeed about FSI which for those of you who don't know is a, is a, an old it's called, it stands for the foreign service institute and it's a it's a course that was developed by the US military back in the 50s or 60s and uh, it's all up for free they they put them all up for free on on the internet um but it's kind of a, it's a pretty outdated methodology uh, some people really love it i uh, i gather in s that you were like a bit lukewarm on it i'm not a fan to be honest um because it's it, well, anyway, you can go back and listen to that episode if you want more more on that. That's episode 132, 
which you can get by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 132. That was in, that was, Ines, that was in September 2016. Wow, that was over two and almost two and a half years ago. So it's great that you're still listening to the podcast. And that is uh, the great thing about podcasts in general, isn't it? It's like you kind of, I mean, the podcasts that I've been listening to generally, apart from a few cool ones I found recently, generally I've been listening to the same podcasts for years. And uh, that's why I think I like the medium so much. So, Ines, you have been learning German and then you've stopped learning German. You've gone up and down, um, in and out. You've ridden this wave of... uh, the kind of balancing act of of juggling a language with real life and this is the reality for most people you know i really wish i could wind back the clock and do languages at university and just spend four years immersed in two languages and go travel abroad for a year and do all that great stuff but it is not to be and so i like 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 you and everybody else we have to balance all this stuff out with uh, with real life and um and so you've I imagine you have a certain level of German. It's maybe might have been a bit rusty, but then you've gone on a trip to Berlin. You've spoken German, and you've, and you've what you've done is you've reconnected with the the reason for you learning German in the first place, and you've reignited that passion for the language. And now you're back home in sunny Scotland, I'm guessing from your accent, and uh, and you're kind of you're struggling with this conflicting question right which on the one hand is i really like this language i really want to learn it i would really like to do myself proud and you know get this language to a higher level so i can really feel like i've achieved my goal while on the other hand realizing that you've still got real life to deal with (laughs) and um and life rarely gets quieter does it it always gets gets busier and i think this really is the the main point here in us which is that Objectively speaking, nothing has changed. If you have struggled in the past to fit your language study in, then you're going to struggle again now for exactly the same reasons. And, you know, the fact that you are currently feeling pretty enthusiastic about it doesn't change the logistics. And uh, the reality is that over time, that is likely to, you know, your enthusiasm is likely to start to wane a little bit again, and, and you'll be kind of be back where you, back where you started. Now, I've been in the situation a number of times, and I can tell you about that. Um, I'll, I'll give you a few examples in a second, but I think big, brave, bold decisions are required because tinkering around the edges, you know, as with most most things in life, rarely works. You know, if you really want to lose weight or you really want to learn a new skill. I mean, you've got to, or you want to, you know, save for your retirement or whatever. You've got to take radical action. And it, at the end of the day, it comes down to priorities because we, there are other things that you've got in life. And so you, you really do have to make that decision. Now, uh, a few examples from, from my past. I mean, I, um, I learned Arabic when I was in Egypt and I was fairly conversational. Then I came back to London and I, I, I stopped being surrounded by the language. I had no contact with it. And I just, I think I took the, the, the difficult but quite clear decision that this was no longer going to be part of my life and I stopped learning. And I've probably all but lost it now. Um, with Thai, I'd been to Thailand many times, never really learned any Thai. But then a couple of years ago, I went to Bangkok. I learned uh, quite a lot of Thai in, a, in an intensive two-week project, which is all up there on YouTube if you want to search for that. Just search for Ollie Richards Thai um, on uh, on YouTube, and then I I, I came back, and um, I was I really wanted to keep it up and continue 
and I actually tried for about six months. I took lessons on Skype with my, my teacher, but the reality was that I was only spending that one hour a week speaking and then doing half an hour some other time if I was lucky in, in homework. And it just simply wasn't enough. And I just, I just had to, to, to realize that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually recorded the Michelle Thomas Korean. So I took Korean lessons for four days for the new Michelle Thomas course. Um, and uh, that's an, I, I'm kind of in that situation a bit right now because I've learned quite a lot of Korean, actually. And I quite like it and I'd really like to continue it. But I'm just not under any illusion because I know how much work is involved in a language. And a language like Korean, it's, you know, you're probably talking realistically about five or ten years worth of of work unless you're going to go and get complete immersion somewhere in the, in the, in the language, in, in the country. So what I'm, what I'm talking about here, in essence, is kind of realistic decisions. Now, I am not, absolutely not suggesting you should give up German. So now let me give you a counterexample of a language that I care deeply about and is like my, my big language passion, really, which is Japanese. And since I left Japan, I've done virtually no study. I've spoken a fair bit with people that I've met in different situations. And then last year... In February last year, I went back to Japan and it just reignited my passion for the language and for the country. And I kind of came back thinking, man, I really have to, you know, I've just, I am just in love again with with this language. I came back to the UK and did absolutely nothing. And I think the reason I did nothing was because I was caught in this kind of perfectionist trap a little bit. or, Or I don't know if it was a perfectionist trap or... Or if it was like, I kind of thought to myself, well, either I do my usual trick of being quite serious about it or nothing. And as a result, I tried a couple of times to do a few things. I did some reading for a month, and then, but they never kept up. And for whatever reason, last year was a busy year for me, so it kind of makes sense. Anyway, I was back there over Christmas, um, traveling around Japan for four weeks, which was just fantastic. And again, that same feeling came back. And I just kind of realized that in a very deep level that for me like mastering japanese is really in a way like my life's goal i mean it sounds crazy really with all the other things i've got going on but i just care very much about the language and i really want to to master it although it's very very hard and so i've actually come back to the uk now and taken a a totally different approach and the reason is i i've realized that i need to find an approach that's going to fit in with my life. And this is where I think the synergy comes in a little bit with your situation, Ines, because I would ask you whether or not, if you're anything like me, whether or not you the choice in your mind has been, okay, either I give up German or I go back to studying how I was studying before, how, how, however that was, you know. But there's often a third way. And And so for me in Japanese, you know, my traditional way of doing stuff would be to kind of go out and spend a lot of time doing language exchanges and, um, and you know, stuff I used to do with Japanese, really. Actually, I probably wouldn't do anymore. I think my my theories on language learning have kind of moved on. But anyway, I, I, um, I've actually been working with a Japanese coach, a friend of mine, Luca, and um, he is uh, just fantastic. And a, he, uh, he reads Japanese to a, to a native level. Um, we've been friends kind of online for, for, for years and he's a Japanese coach and, um, I hired him to help me work through this question. And this is what coaches are just fantastic for, you know, he's not teaching me any Japanese. He's not a teacher. Um, although I think he does do that, but 
he's very much a coach. And so we've been having conversations together like, well, okay, well, trying to figure out what is, obviously what's, the question of what's the most efficient way to learn Japanese is really not, not the point. The point is what's going to work for me in my situation. And the reality is these days, I just don't have the time or the opportunity to go out and do long language exchanges or, or get lots of speaking practice in Japanese. Unfortunately, it's just the way life is at the moment. And, um, and so what I've come down on is this, is this structure now where all I do is read in Japanese. Now, reading's hard for me in Japanese because my kanji, my Chinese characters are not that good. But in the past, whenever I've tried to learn Chinese characters, I've just kind of run out of steam very quickly because I just don't like studying in that way. So I've taken this approach of just a massive, humongous, extensive reading in Japanese. So read, 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 read. So basically my aim is to read for an hour in Japanese at least every single day. And I've been keeping that up. And the wonderful thing about it is, although... Um, reading by itself is not my most favourite activity. I, I like speaking and listening. Uh, although I obviously recognise the effectiveness of reading and, and, I, and I do it for that reason. It's not necessarily my my favourite thing in the world. But I've been doing that and only that. I'm not, I haven't even been listening, just reading because I've identified it as like the one activity that I can do and enjoy and keep up and sustain. And so I'm kind of just... I've just doubled down and committed to doing this one thing. And the fact that it's one thing keeps things very simple. It reduces the um, the, the, the chance for, for the, the risk of overwhelm or of kind of getting too distracted. And so all I'm doing is, is saying to myself, right, you've got to do that one hour of Japanese every night, minimum of 30 minutes. Even if I get home and I'm completely shattered, I just do 30 minutes of reading. Now, that's okay for me because my level is... Um, you know, it's upper intermediate level, so I can cope with it. Uh, for other people, it's going to be something different. But the, what, I, what I guess the point that I'm trying to get across is that I've completely turned my back on the way that I used to study Japanese, and which I could call the ideal, you know, or my first choice, and instead looked for something that is going to be more practical that I'm more likely to keep up that's feasible with my schedule and with my with everything else that's going on and something that I think is going to do justice to my passion and ambitions for the language now it remains to be seen how long I keep it up all I can say at the moment is that I've, I've been doing it for over a month now and it's just brilliant I've been learning loads having a I can highly recommend hiring a coach Really, because I mean, having a coach, I mean, it, it, I, I'd sooner choose a coach over a teacher any day of the week, simply because any learning anything, whether it's a language or, or whatever, it has to come from ultimately from yourself and from within. And if you can master that, then you can master anything. The language, as I always say, like there is most language problems are not that difficult. They're all solvable, but you can't solve anything unless you've kind of got your own inner psychology worked out. So, so yeah, I think now that you're back and you've still got that spark in this, I would certainly recommend um, maybe thinking about hiring a coach, a language coach, if that is, you know, if you, if you're really determined to keep up with the German, but otherwise it comes down to really rethinking your approach and maybe trying to be conscious of 
certain biases that you have, ways of studying that you that you tend towards, and thinking, okay, well, what else could I be doing? You know, what, for example, if the most the easiest thing for me to do, like Ollie, is just to read in German. So you kind of go out and look for lots of interesting material and then just sit and read in German, however difficult, you know, put the dictionary away, just read and read and read, and just try doing that for six months and see what happens. You know, but you know, you want to be doing something every day. You want to be doing something that you enjoy and you've got to commit. And I don't want to gloss over it. Without that commitment, it's difficult to get very far. But anyway, I hope that was helpful. Um, That's what I got. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And I actually recently wrote a uh, an article that was quite important for me, actually, on the differences between uh, comprehensible input and parallel text. And the reason I mention this is because this is very important for reading. If you're interested in reading at a higher level, but you can't quite deal with native level books and things yet, you know, you've got to figure out how you can read effectively uh, without totally overwhelming yourself. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes um, because that will that will help you bridge that gap between kind of intermediate level reading and advanced level reading. So I put that in the show notes. I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 298. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your question, Ines. And I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free memory course.